Hello and welcome to the Varsity Blue Podcast. In this special hockey edition, we'll be discussing with Tim Williams of the blog that Yost built uh, the hockey tournament and the CCHA finals over the weekend, and we'll uh, talk some hockey. So we have Tim Williams on the line. Are you there? Yep, sure am. All right, cool. Um, let's dive right into it. Uh, the bracket's out. We're heading to the East Regional. Uh, Air Force in the first round, Yale and Vermont on the other half of that uh, bracket. What do you think of that draw? I think we got a pretty good draw. Um, I've always had the philosophy, the more Eastern teams, the better. And, I mean, whether that's a, uh, a good philosophy to have or not, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, tr- at least traditionally it's been good to avoid the WCHA teams. I know they're down a little bit this year. But um, you know, I think we got a pretty good draw overall. Um, Air Force, you know, they it's, – it's an interesting first-round game because they – you don't really know how good they are. You know, they started the year off 13-0, and made some national noise when they, when they knocked off CC, and then, it, you know, it turned out that CC wasn't as good as everybody thought they were. And then they went into a little down spell or, you know, a dry spell and only won, you know, two games over the next month and a half. And then they've gotten it together a little bit down the stretch. But, um, you know, they just haven't played too many quality opponents um, this season. And, but they've, you know, in the tournament, they've, they've given teams scares. They, you know, had a third-period lead against Minnesota a couple years ago, and then last year they took Miami to overtime before they lost that game. So, I mean, they've still got, I mean, their goalie, Andrew Volkening, has played in both those games, and he's still only a junior, so he's got a ton of experience in the tournament already. And so it should be an interesting first-round matchup. So, as Michigan fans, who do you think we should be rooting for in the Yale-Vermont game? You know, that's a good question. I I was just kind of taking a quick look at each of those teams, and, I mean, on paper, you know, Yale had the eighth-ranked offense, eighth-ranked defense, top-notch penalty kill, third in the country, and Vermont was a little bit further down. They're, you know, 19th in offense, 18th in defense, middle-of-the-pack power play, pretty poor penalty kill, actually. But again, it's you know Yale's in the in the ECAC. They got blown out by Nebraska. Omaha lost eight to three to them. Um, and so again, you don't really know how good they are. Um, and then Vermont, on the other hand, you know they don't have as good of statistical numbers as Yale does. But they play in Hockey East. They beat and tied Miami. They beat Boston U two out of three. I mean, and they're only truly bad losses here was they lost three to two to Merrimack. So, I mean, they lost three straight coming into the tournament, so maybe they're not playing as well as they'd like. Um, personally, I think I'd rather see Yale. All right. Based on the, the small conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, no, I think the last ECAC team to make the uh, Frozen Four was back in, like, 03, so, mm-hmm. you know, it probably, probably happens for a reason, but, I mean, they're they're clearly a, a good team as well. Speaking of the Frozen Four, uh, with this regional, uh, the teams that stand in Michigan's way are Air Force, Yale, and Vermont. Do you think the Wolverines have a good chance to make it back to the Frozen Four? I think they do. I mean, 
you're, you're going to have to beat good teams at some point along the road. And, you know, we've got, we've got some quality opponents in our, in our bracket. Um, you know, like I said, you know, Air Force has given teams a scare. They got a Hobie finalist in, in Jacques Lamoureux. And, I mean, Vermont's got a Hobie finalist. Um, and Yale's, Yale's a good team. But, I mean, I don't see, you know, any of those three matchups being ones that we shouldn't win. And, I mean, if you're, if you're truly a championship team, these are teams that you should beat. So, looking back a little bit, um, the CCHA championship game, obviously a disappointment with a two-goal lead in the third period that just disappeared. Um, where, where, how do you think that will affect Michigan going forward? You know, I don't, I don't think it will particularly. I know some people have said that maybe Notre Dame's in their heads a little bit, and I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, Notre Dame's a darn good opponent. Um, and they're a solid team. Michigan had a bad period, but, I mean, through the first, you know, 35 minutes of that game, I mean, I, I said last night I had the, the lead to my story all written out in my head about how Michigan had served notice as to who was, who was the, the top team in the CCHA. And, you know, I give Notre Dame all the credit in the world for fighting back in that game. I, I didn't know necessarily that they had it in them to come from 2 nothing down against a team like Michigan. And, I mean, they had a great third period, but, you know, I'm – I don't think it's going to affect Michigan going forward. I don't think Hogan will freak out or anything. Um, and, you know, I, I don't necessarily even think it's a bad thing. There wasn't a whole lot on the line in that game, at least in the grand scheme. I know the players would probably feel differently about, you know, losing out on the CCHA championship. But, I mean, we were going to be a one seed regardless. We probably weren't going to be in Grand Rapids regardless. And so maybe it's good that they go into the tournament and get – get a loss and, um, you know, learn that their, their stuff doesn't stink, you know? All right. And uh, obviously now we, we can't talk about Notre Dame and the CCHA run without discussing those two, the, the goal controversies in the game we had versus them, a pivotal, pivotal game. How do you think that affects kind of the series we've had with them? Well, I mean, it, it would have looked better to have Michigan, you know, having swept the Irish in the regular season. I'm not sure it would have changed anything yesterday. Probably wouldn't have. Um, but I, I do think, you know, had we won that game, you wouldn't be hearing, you know, people say, oh, maybe Notre Dame's in their heads right now because we would have gone, you know, 2-0 and in the regular season and then, you know, drop a tough one in the CCHA title game. Um, I do think it had a big effect on the CCHA race. I mean, Notre Dame ended up edging us out by – eight points, but between, you know, the, the one game against them was a four-point swing, game against Ohio State's another two points that we dropped. I mean, maybe we wouldn't have caught them, but we would have put a little bit more pressure on them, and you never know what can happen then. It would have made things a little bit more interesting. And do you think uh, it would have had a dip, uh, do you think it would have had a change in the final pairwise rankings, say, if uh, the Notre Dame goals was disallowed, and we actually ended up winning that game. And same with Ohio State, if those calls were actually made correct, would, would that change? Would we have a chance at Grand Rapids in that case? You know, I'm not sure. I know um, some of the, the people that were doing the bracketology um, were saying that if Michigan had won yesterday, they would have put us in the Midwest regardless of, you know, which team came out ahead in the pairwise rankings. Um, 
it definitely would have evened things up a little bit. I mean, without looking at the actual comparisons, I'm not entirely sure if we would have gotten ahead of Notre Dame. Um, but, you know, you figure you get two wins instead of two losses against teams under consideration. I mean, that probably would have swung some comparisons in our favor. And, you know, then you get the, the extra head-to-head point as well in the Notre Dame comparison. I mean, it could have made a difference, but, you know, I, I'm still not all that unhappy with the draw we got. Um, I mean, Notre Dame gets to be in Grand Rapids, but they've got a Northeastern team there that, you know, they, they almost went wire to wire in Hockey East this year. And they've got a Hobie Baker finalist in that one Hockey East player of the year. And, I mean, I, I, I like our draw a little bit better than I like theirs. So, I, I mean, as nice as it would have been to be two hours from Ann Arbor, um, I don't think we can complain about the draw that we got. Now, there's a lot of talk about the pairwise ranking system, and you know, you have gone into it in detail. Brian from MGO Blog has gone into it, and as much as I've read, I still don't understand. To me, it makes the BCS system look logical and orderly. Could you get into the pairwise a little bit? Basically, I, I think it's they 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 take, they take the the top 25 and in, in RPI, if I'm not mistaken, and so they compare each team that's under consideration to all the other teams that are under consideration. And for each comparison that you win, you get a point. And then they rank the teams based on how many comparisons they've won. Um, and the things that they compare the teams on are, are their RPI percentage, uh, record in co- against common opponents, record against other teams under consideration, and then head-to-head. And you get one point for winning each of those comparisons, and then you get one for each head-to-head win that you have against your opponent as well. It's it's a system that a lot of people have a problem with. Um, and I mean, you know, they, they count some games more than others, and there's a drop-off, you know, beating a team that finishes 25th in RPI is deemed as important, but if you beat the team that finishes 26th in RPI, it's not important. And, you know, with there's just not, in a lot of cases, not a lot of data for the common opponents category. I mean, you, you might have one team go 3-1 and one against common opponents, and then, you know, the other team goes, you know, 8-1 and one or 8-2 and because they, they, you know, play in Hockey East, and we play limited Hockey East teams, and so they end up winning the category. And I don't know, it's... I'm not sure how I feel about it. I know it has flaws in it, um, but I also think there's something to be said for, you know, deciding the field by the numbers and not letting the guys in the smoky room say, oh, Minnesota's hosting, so let's throw them in there this year, even though Ohio State came out on top. Yeah, and that it kind of uh, – it's a, a much more open process, too, where the BCS, sure. it's all secret, and the pairwise, it's you – know, you know the formula for the most part, and – Yep, it's you nice that, I mean, even if the formula isn't perfect, everybody knows what it is, and you're not having computers decide it, and you're not having, you know, anybody gifting a championship to Tom Osborne because he was retiring or anything. So, I don't know, there's something to be said for it, even if, you know, there are ways that they could tweak it, I'm sure. All right, now we'll get back into this particular season. 
Um, aside from obviously the, the the two goal swing games with the officiating, are there any other games this season that you really regret? I assume lo losing to Western at Yost is probably one of them. Are there any? Are there any other like that? Sure. I mean, my my personal biggest regret is that we didn't put a dozen on Minnesota instead of only the six that we scored. But um, I, I think, at least to me, not giving Boston University a game um, was a disappointment. Um, to lose seven to two and, and the way we did, just giving up power play goal after power play goal, I think it was disappointing. We're we're a better team than that, and um, so there's that one. Um, I think obviously getting shut out by Bowling Green two at home is is not what you're looking for, but um, and also the first series with Miami, getting going down there and getting swept. Um, I didn't. I mean, one of the games I, I didn't feel like they really came out with any intensity in the other game they fought hard and just couldn't couldn't get it done but um that was a disappointment too and also for my own personal purposes living in madison uh losing three nothing to the badgers and uh the you know one of the only games they got to attend this season that was disappointing too but you know by and large i don't think you know you're gonna you're gonna drop some games along the way and i mean you don't want to lose to western and bowling green but you know, especially like Riley Gill's a good enough goalie that you know it, it happens. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and most of those games that you're talking about regretting are early in the season. Would you say this yep. was kind of like a tale of two halves for Michigan? They came on really strong in the second half. Other than those those two Ohio State goals or goals in the Ohio State game and the two in the Notre Dame game, this team would would have lost one legitimate game until the CCHA finals. Sure, I mean, and you know, big big part of it, you know, early in the season, they just couldn't play in front of Billy Sauer. And, and it was completely inexplicable because if you look at Sauer's numbers, I mean, he had a darn good season this year. His numbers are actually better than Hogan's or at least very comparable. And, you know, he's under 500 and, and Hogan put, had, you know, a phenomenal season. But they just they couldn't score any goals in a lot of games. And, you know, then – once they decided to go with Hogan as uh, you know pretty much full-time starter, um, I don't know if they settled down or they just kept playing in front of him, but the goal started coming and the defense solidified. And the other thing that you can't overlook is early in the season, we were down Mark Matera, we were down Steve Camper, Brandon Burlon missed you know, eight or nine games out of the gate as well. I mean, any team's going to struggle without you know, three of their top four defensemen um, you, you know, your number one defenseman at that point is Chris Summers, who had been preparing to be a forward all off season, And, you know, so it took some time for the defense to get solidified. Berline got back, and that helped. Some of the, you know, a couple of the freshmen got a little bit more experience, and Camper came back, and that helped too. Well, looking back at the regular season, we, we lost Kolarik and Porter, you know, the Hobie Baker, all everything, great forward. How, how did this season stack up against expectations? Was, was Michigan expecting to dominate, or, you know, were, were we expecting some bumps along the way? You know, I think, uh, I think the season went pretty close to what I expected. Um, I thought they'd be a little bit more in contention for the, the CCHA title, but they just dug themselves too big of a hole out of the chute with, with, with some of the games they dropped. Um, and then, you know, the only way they were going to get back into it was to sweep Notre Dame, and you know the, the calls went against us, and so we lost that opportunity. 
But, um, you know, I said before the season, I thought we were going to come up about 20 goals short of, you know, what we scored last year. And at this point, we've scored 145. We had 170 last year. And so we're 25 back with three fewer games played. Um, so I feel like we're pretty pretty much right in line with, with what I was expecting in terms of goals. Um, I don't think we've been giving up more than we did last year, at least not significantly. So, I mean, they may even be down. I'm not actually sure of the numbers. But, um, you know, I, I feel pretty good about where they're at. Um, I don't. I don't think we've underachieved or anything like that by any means. I don't know. If you could put a letter grade on this season, what would you give it? At this yeah, point, at least. At least right now, I give them a solid B plus. Um, it, it's hard to complain about being a one seed, especially, you know, you're playing without Matera for basically the entire season. Uh, Miss Camper for a half a year. Berlon was hurt. You lose Clark Porter and Pacioretty. Um, you had some issues getting the, you know, not that the goalies did anything wrong, but getting the goaltending solidified and getting the team to play in front of the goalies. Um, and so, I mean, while it's a disappointment that they, you know, didn't win the CCHA title and, you know, they had some bad losses like to Western, to Bowling Green, to BU, and Wisconsin, um, where they either should have won those games against bad teams or that they weren't competitive against you know, teams that you'd like to see them at least be in a game with. Um, I, I don't think that, um, you know, they, they disappointed at all. And clearly if they, you know, make a run in the tournament, that grade can change. But pretty happy. All right, speaking of the tournament and a potential run, um, who do you think makes it from each of the regionals to the Frozen Four? Do you think all the one seeds are going to take it? And then uh, how do you see uh, Michigan doing – Obviously, you said you think they can probably beat Air Force and Yale or Vermont. Um, what do you see happening in the other brackets, and how do you see Michigan faring in the Frozen Four? You know, it's it's going to be an interesting tournament. There aren't. It's kind of like the NCAA's actually, where there aren't a ton of, or like the NCAA basketball tournament, where there aren't a ton of upsets that I really like this year. Um, I mean, clearly, I, I think Michigan is is the team to beat in Bridgeport. Um, Boston U's got a tough region. Um, they lost out on getting to play Bemidji State, which was a game they earned the right to play. But due to two CCHA one seeds and two CCHA four seeds, it couldn't happen since we can't have conference matchups in the first round. So they get Ohio State in the first round, um, and Carlson's a good goalie. I mean, you never know. Ohio State's a little bit of a schizo team. Um, you know, they beat Michigan and Notre Dame, and then – they, they dropped some bad games. I, I think State even swept them. And so you never know which Ohio State team is going to show up, but it's probably a tougher matchup than BU wanted in the first round. And then if they win that one, then they get either North Dakota, who was as hot as any team in the country prior to this weekend, or they get uh, New Hampshire, who's hosting. Um, I think I still like BU in that, in that regional. Um, going out last, you got Denver. And Minnesota Duluth, and Duluth just handed it to them. So, I mean, if, if there's one of the one seeds that's not going to come out of their regional, I think um, Denver losing to Duluth would be a decent bat. Um, and then Notre Dame, you probably figure they're going to end up playing Northeastern uh, for the regional championship, I would imagine. And that should be a good game. 
you got a Holy Baker finalist goaltender in Northeastern and a guy that, quite honestly, I'm not so sure shouldn't win the Hobie and Jordan Pearson. They didn't even have him in the finals. So, I mean, that could be a great game. Um, I think Notre Dame's a pretty darn good hockey team, and I'd be surprised if they don't make it. But I think, uh, at, at least right now, I think Michigan, BU, Notre Dame, and uh, Minnesota Duluth would be my Frozen Four. And uh, how do you see the Frozen Four ending up? Uh, I'm such a homer. I'd love to, you know, just say Michigan wins. Um, it's going to be tough. You know, we would see Boston U in the, fin- in the semifinals, and then the if we were fortunate enough to win that one, then we'd get the winner of Notre Dame and uh, Minnesota Duluth, at least in my bracket. Um, it'd be tough. I mean, it's tough to... So it's tough to say that we would definitely beat a team that, that squashed us by five goals earlier in the year, but I, I like this Michigan team. Um, I, I think they've got as good a defense core as any team in the country, and with Hogan and that, at least the last time I ran the numbers, we would have been the highest-scoring team in the country. So as long as if they, if they can get the power play going and, and shore up the defense a little bit more than it was this past weekend, I, I really like our chances, but um, if Michigan, Notre Dame, and BU make the Frozen Four, I, I think you can put them in a hat almost and pull out a champion. All right, and uh, as Michigan obviously has a chance in the Frozen Four, and that's in something that was supposed to be kind of a rebuilding year with the losses of Caloric and Porter. So looking forward even to next year, is it, do you think that'll be an even better year, or are there going to be enough people uh, leaving early for the NHL that might kind of doom the season? I think even even if we had kind of a, a worst case scenario as far as guys bailing for the pros, I think I mean we're going to be a solid team next year. Um, I mean worst case, I figure you could lose like Pelushai, Caparuso, Summers, and Berlon, and I mean that would be pretty devastating to our chances of winning a title. But I mean you're going to have Hogan coming back. You're, you're more than likely going to have you know Haglin and Rust and and those guys. Camper will be back. Um, I mean, we're going to have a solid team next year. I don't see us you know, going in the tank like Sparty or anything. But um, I, I think they should be good. I don't expect them to lose four guys to the pros. I, I think uh, they had to have me on, on suicide watch a little bit if we did. But um, I, And we, got, we have a strong recruiting class coming in next year. And, I mean, if, if everybody comes back, I, I think we could be a stronger team than we were this year. And, you know, depending on how many guys bail, expectations could go down. But I, I fully expect Michigan to be right there again next year. Thanks a lot for your time, Tim. It's been a good podcast. We'll just wrap it up here. I am Tim. This is Paul from UMVarsityBlue.com. We are talking with Tim Williams of www.yostbuilt.com. And this has been the Varsity Blue Podcast. Thanks for your time, Tim. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it.